Hi, I'm Dylan, and you're listening to the Animals at Home podcast. Welcome to another episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am very excited to share this episode with you. Today, my guest is Joey Mullen, the king of DIY. And as I say early on in the show, Joey was on my list of guests that I made in July when I first thought of making this podcast. He was on my list of, you know, sort of dream guests of someone that, you know, in the future I would love to have on. And now sitting here early November, it feels very surreal that I'm currently sitting at my desk and recording an intro for the interview that I had with Joey. So as soon as he agreed, I was like, yes, but then also, oh my God, what am I going to say? What am I going to talk about? But all those nerves completely disappeared the moment we started having the conversation because he's very laid back, he was very relaxed, and you know, it just really felt like I was having a conversation with a friend. So I am very appreciative that Joey was able to take the time. Really, there was nothing in it for him besides having a good conversation, and I do think that's really what we had here. In the episode, Joey shares some fairly intimate details about the challenges of being such a popular YouTuber. You know, one of the quotes from the show is, he says, when you're a YouTuber, you're no longer a person. And he's kind of saying it with a smile on his face, but I think what he means is, once you become so popular, it's almost that your digital self takes on a life of its own and your personal self sort of takes a back seat and I totally understand what he means because you know these people that have to post videos on a weekly basis they really get a lot of pressure from their fans and they're very grateful for their fans Joey always sounds like he's extremely grateful for his fans but there's there is a sort of a tremendous amount of pressure that gets put on on these youtubers by you know, people that just want to see their videos so it was very interesting to hear the story of how he started and then any of the rough times that he's gone through as well as the success that he's experiencing now it's a very you know thorough story. It's Joey's been on YouTube for over 10 years, which is a sort of an incredible amount of time considering what YouTube was like 10 years ago. And we also discussed probably what I believe to be the most important reason to get into a pet or animal hobby. Enjoy the show. All right. Well, Joey, thank you very much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem, Dylan. I, um, you know, I think in July is when I decided I wanted to do this podcast and I wrote down maybe like 10 guests dream guests of people who I thought I would love to have on. And of course you were on that list. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't going to reach out and ask you to be on the show for m- more months than now because I wanted to have some more under my belt first. But you'd released that episode a couple weeks ago or the the you know video on your channel, Aquarium Saved My Life. And I thought I just was compelled to have this conversation with you. So I thought, you know what, let's just uh, let's just do it now. And you agreed to it. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, no problem. Um, if if someone is listening to this and they haven't watched that video that Joey's posted called Aquarium Saved My Life, I do recommend going to watch that first and then coming back and listening to this. But if they haven't or they can't, can you summarize that in like a minute? I know it's like a 30 minute long video, but just the cliff notes for those that might not be able to, to get it. 30 minutes of me trying not to cry. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, yeah, you know, um, Essentially, uh, I tell the story of how I, uh, my life before YouTube and my life even before aquariums, um, essentially how I got into aquariums and what they've done for me. Um, and really, uh, just, just telling the truth. I mean, that was a million subscriber milestone video. Um, I could have did anything for it. I could have did, you know, a bunch of giveaways or whatever the, the common YouTube thing is, but I thought what's the most meaningful thing that I could do for my viewers. Um, and that was to tell the most impactful story that I could surrounding aquariums. And believe it or not, uh, so many more people share that very, a very, very, very similar, you know, story as to what I shared. 
So um, I, the, the, what truly prompted that is I've been wanting to tell that story for a few years now. Um, family members, my mother, lots of people pushing me. Joey, you should tell your story. You should tell your story. I was like, nobody wants to hear that. They want to watch my aquariums and fish tanks. It's not about me. Um, but I kept getting messages on a daily basis of how, how my videos are helping people, um, how the aquarium hobby saved other people's lives, how much it means to them. Um, you know, even like really sad stories like, and maybe it's not sad, but it, it really upset me to the point where some people would say, your videos are the only positive thing I have to look forward to. And I could just imagine how, how dark of a time that they might have been going through and how I can relate to that. So all these years, I just wanted to scream out, you're not alone. I hear you. So I decided I would put myself in the most vulnerable position in front of my camera and uh, share my own story. Yeah, I mean, and it was definitely an emotional story. And I think as a viewer, like we really didn't know, we would not have been able to guess that, right? Like, I think you kind of had thrown in some you know, tidbits in the last maybe six months that you were going to tell this story. But I don't think most of the viewers really knew where it was going to come from. But really, your life was kind of in a dark spot. Yeah. And it was saved by fish, which is kind of an unusual sta statement. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, one of the reasons that I one of the reasons I started this podcast is with when you're dealing with exotic pets, especially in the reptiles, which is mostly what I have, you know, I feel like we're constantly having to justify why keeping pets is good. And then and because and, and, there's a lot of people that would rather us not have these types of pets. And I don't know if it's the same in the aquarium hobby, but for sure it is in reptiles. So and so one of the things I promote is education and I also donate some some money to charities to protect the Amazon and whatnot but your story was kind of revealed this sort of deeper purpose in having animals or having pets so yeah can you can you tell a little bit more about that process like how is it that you went from you know being in that dark spot because when, when someone says fish aquarium fish saved my life it's it's kind of how how does that work how how, yeah. how is it that it sent you down that positive path I mean, I'm looking behind you and I see so many little projects and intricacies and things that you've accomplished, setting up that rack, uh, building that tank on top, um, creating these enclosures all throughout that entire process. As simple and as easy as that looks to a common person, I see hours of being lost in something you're so passionate about and so excited about. You plan this out, you spend hours thinking about it, excited about it, saving money. Um, and then the entire process, you're just, you're just lost in the moment. Nothing around you matters. That's what fish tanks did for me. Um, it, it, it basically did, gave me something positive that I really enjoyed to dump idle hands and um, just something passionate, passion into. Um, of course... I was teased by friends and, you know, fish are geeky, et cetera, et cetera. I've been keeping fish for almost 17 years now. Uh, I'm 35, and that's something that um, I, I, I try not to talk about all the time, but I do not come from the time uh, these days where everybody's so offended by everything. Um, <laughs> yep. And so it, it, at times, I try to understand why people would be upset, but at others, I'm thinking, I just don't, I just, I'm doing my best to understand what you, why you're upset, but I just can't. Uh, you're upset that I have domesticated fish is what we can call them at this point, but you have a domesticated dog um, or a cat or, you know, something along those lines or, you know, your car has leather interior type of deal. Like, I think that people pick and choose to, what to be offended about. And when it comes to the aquarium hobby or pets in general, it's so easy to become defenseful 
because these are living animals and um, we are using them for our, at the end of the day, we can call it whatever we like, whether it's conservation, education, etc. We get into it, not for that. We get into it for other reasons because it's interesting, it's, it's entertaining, it's exciting, it's, it's just simply, uh, it's captivating. Um, or we just have a, a simple interest in love in animals. I love animals, but I don't love all animals. I don't love bugs. I don't love, <laughs> I don't really love snakes. Although every time I visit um, my friend Brian down in Detroit, I come back saying, I want a snake. Three days later, I'm like, no, I don't. I was a phase. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting to hear other people's sides of the stories, but we do now live in a world where everybody is offended by everything and it's okay to be that way. Um, regardless of who you hurt in the process, as long as you say you're offended, it's okay to be that way. Yeah, I, I know I know what you mean when you're working on these projects and, and you know, you're right. It, nobody gets into pets originally because they want to, you know, educate or, or conserve it. It does come from that like spark of interest, which we don't really maybe know where it comes from. But you're right. When you're working on projects like they are behind me and the gallery that you're in, like I'm sure you went through days where you just forget to eat, right? Where you're just like so in it and you're just working and you're just having, it's like you're just in the moment, right? And just for some reason that there's that deep passion. Absolutely. Um, it's... Um no matter what is going on in my life personally, uh, and as a YouTuber, you're no longer human, by the way. You're going to have to get used to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go, over the past 10 years, you could imagine things going on in my life, uh, deaths and whatever the case might be. Um, none of that matters because you cannot um, stop making the videos. Nobody really takes that into consideration that you might have something else going on in your life and they're so quick to jump down you. What I'm getting at though is when I come out here, no matter what's going on in my life, none of it matters. Uh, because when I start staring at an aquarium, all of that, it's almost like a meditation process um, where this is an, uh, like a tool to meditate and calm down. Um, it's been shown that uh, people, they're starting to use it with veterans and in old folks homes and uh, schools. Uh, all different types of scenarios where it's used for emotional support. So it, it, like, I, I totally get it. Like I totally that, you know, that meditation process, I mean, for you as when you were younger and obviously you were going through that rough time, is it fair to say that when you got into the hobby, that was one of the first times that you felt like you had control or responsibility over something and that kind of gave you more purpose? Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what it was. I mean, the, every time I would see a fish tank um, or an aquarium, and it was always the same one, it was this planted piranha tank um, of all types of tanks you could possibly be interested in. Um, uh, it was just a soothing and calm, and I was just mesmerized. I couldn't, as silly as it sounds, and I still um, kind of laugh at it, but I couldn't understand how animals were living underwater. <laughs> I was like, what is it? How are they doing this? Obviously extracting oxygen from the water with their gills, of course, now that we know, but you know, um, but yeah, uh, having uh, the fish w was of course something to look forward to. It was a type of responsibility. It was something that, um, it was definitely a huge responsibility. And one of the first times in my life where I was responsible for something that I was truly, I truly cared about uh, and nobody judged me. Uh, or expected a certain thing out of me type of deal. Um, it's almost like 
saving up for a car where you have to budget or you can't go out with your friends this weekend because, well, you, you're saving up for that car or whatever the case might be. Me, I was like, I'm trying to buy a new fish um, or I just got a new fish and I want to make sure he's okay all night. So I'm going to stay home, that type of deal. So it was just a, a constant, um, yeah, responsibility. That's a good word to use. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's amazing how the smallest thing can can do that, right? It, it just it doesn't seem like you know keep taking care of a fish, but really what it is is like planning for the future. And I'm guessing when you were going through that rough time, a lot of everything was you know moment by moment. And you know if if you're getting into trouble, you're not thinking about the consequences because you're thinking about what is happening now. And the animals that you had, the fish that you had, allow you to you know think a little bit further into the future, which obviously is what we want to be doing. We can't live moment by moment. No, well, when you feel a sense of hopelessness, you are moment to moment to an extent where you don't think you're not headed anywhere. Tomorrow is the same day as today. Um, the only thing that breaks up time is, you know, doing negative things um, and ending up in court or in prison or in jail or wherever the case might be. Um, and almost getting a break from the realities of, you know, being surrounded by so many people just won't give you a chance, you know, uh, and maybe you didn't even want a chance. It's a, it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing to, to explain. I, I always say that like, um, and I don't know if you'll end up using this podcast or not, just because a lot of things I can say can be so raw. They can be so offensive. I, I don't filter myself. Um, and I always speak in the moment of whatever emotion I'm feeling at the, at the time, which is very dangerous for the internet. Because I say a lot of crazy things sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like in game in this contest, we almost veered off and me saying, stop being so offended. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so it, it's, it's, uh, it's, all, it's, all, it's all interesting to me. Um, I, think that, I think that the aquarium hobby, I think most animal hobbies, um, and even uh, people that keep and train other animals like uh, dogs or uh, birds, I think that we all relate and have something in common uh, to a certain extent. Uh, I think that 20% of the hobby is normal people that just enjoy like animals, <laughs> but I think the other 80%, and I'm going to be, uh, this is a really interesting finding of mine, that I find that in the aquarium hobby, it's a huge percentage of people with either troubled past or traumatic past of some sort, or they're police officers. I've met a tremendous amount of police officers. Uh, whenever I go to New York, uh, the NYPD shows up um, and they're giving me all kinds of gifts. I've gotten, um, they've given me all kinds of badges and hats and uh, they just thanking me for what I'm doing. And then I give that talk <laughs> that I kind of did on video. And I was like, well, maybe wait to give you this stuff. <laughs> but yeah. they love it. They don't care. They're like, you know what? We need more people like you to kind of take control. Um, and we love what you're doing, et cetera. But it's just interesting to me to, to, to feel like I have so much more in common than I thought. And I think a lot of people feel like they're alone. Um, another interesting thing that, uh, that truly sparked me wanting to be more involved with communities, clubs, even YouTube was, um, first and foremost, it was discovering the internet and that there was forums out there. That was probably like 14 years ago when I first started like realizing like, wow, there's, there's like websites dedicated to fish and there's other people on there discussing it. 
Um, I never owned a computer for a long time, but then I discovered my local club, <clears throat> which is a local aquarium club. And I realized nobody cared who I was, where I'm from. Nobody cared about my past, where I work, how much money I make. We just want to see your fish tanks. Um, and, and that was like a big turning moment in my life where, where I thought, you know what? It doesn't matter what anybody thinks of me right now. I guess you can say that my life started to change the moment I stopped caring what other people thought about me. Because uh, you can reinvent yourself at any moment as long as you, start, as long as you surround yourself with new positive people. Uh, and for me, that was a massive turning point for me is, is discovering that there's so many more people out there like me and they don't care who I was, just who I am and who I might become. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting point. And, you know, that's that sense of community where exactly right where they're, you know, you're gonna have people who are all of a sudden wanting to help you. Like I'm sure like, you probably didn't have that very much before either judging by the story that you told. And all of a sudden you have people that giving you pointers and, and telling you what you can do. And then all of a sudden you become the teacher, right? That, yeah. So you, you grow into that. So that's, I guess, is that what charged you to start YouTube? Like, I, I think I've heard you explain it before on your own podcast, but how YouTube started, but. Well, the original video that we're talking about, that's just part one. Part two is how I became the king of DIY, divulging what it was like over the past 10 years to get to where I'm at, um, the sacrifice and uh, what pe the stories people don't know. Um, but how I started YouTube, I wish it was an inspiring story. I wish it was funny. Uh, I wish I had something to go along with it. But um, I was getting tired of being on forums and sharing pictures and whatnot or you do a big write-up, and back then, forums would time out, like after like 180 seconds, so you'd hit submit and everything's gone. So I was like, oh. So I just grabbed a cheap video camera that I had, um, actually I think it was like a point and shoot that had video capabilities, uploaded it to YouTube, um, and that was it. That wasn't my original channel though, because I would just create a new, new account every time I wanted to upload a video like that. I would just upload it, share it to, um, it was like one or two forums I was a member of, like a local club and then a forum. Um, but eventually I thought, I want all my videos in one spot. I'm gonna try to remember uh, a username and password. So um, Joey was taken, all the variations of Joey that kind of sounded okay. I looked over at my Waru tank, one of these types of fish over here that you can't see. Um, and I tried Waru Joey, it was available. I did Waru Joey as the password. So. That's what I used for like the first two years as <laughs> a username and password was Walter Joey. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, that's how I started YouTube. Nobody watched for the first couple of years. I think after two years, I had 25 subscribers. Um, never made any money because there was no way to make money at that time. There was an exclusive YouTube partner program that you had to be invited to or apply to. And you can only apply every three months to which I got denied for a straight year. I think it was late into my third year I got applied and I thought I was going to be rich. I made 43 cents uh, in, my, in my first year of monetization. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's how I got into YouTube was just because I wanted somewhere to upload my videos. A few of my videos became popular and I realized in the comments section that the same people were kept coming back. Um, they were like interested in my content and I had like almost 25 subscribers throughout my first couple of years. Uh, and they became like almost friends and a little community and my, my focus started to shift there. Um, around the third year though is when I realized there's real potential in social media if we combine it with animal hobbies. Because um, at the moment, nobody was really doing it. Uh, and I thought, imagine instead of going local, 
being worldwide with sharing information um, and showing people your fish tanks and aquariums and whatnot. Imagine where the hobby could be in five years from then uh, or even 10 years from then. And I believe social media has been an integ integral part of growing all of our hobbies um, more so than, uh, than it ever has before. So, yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, thinking about, I mean, it was about 10 years ago, you're talking about when you had 25 subscribers, right? So and YouTube was a totally different animal back then. It was a completely different world. I, I feel like, I don't even know if I went on YouTube very much, like a little bit, but not, not anywhere near YouTube's like a daily thing for most people now. So it is what, now. It is what? now. I think it was about a year ago or eight months ago where YouTube surpassed television in terms of viewership for the first time in history. Um, we are living through the biggest cultural shift um, that we've ever that we've experienced since like radio type of deal. Um, the ability to share and communicate. Um, but yeah, YouTube was definitely different back then. Nobody was searching on YouTube. You would find YouTube through Google results sometimes, but Google didn't own YouTube then. YouTube was its own entity. Um, so there wasn't like people subscribing and coming back for every video like you do these days. Then you would make videos that were ranking. So you would create a catalog of videos that people could uh, search for and eventually find that video, but they wouldn't really subscribe to your channel. Um, these days, it's all about keeping them coming back day after day. It's no longer about uh, nearly as much as creating a how-to video because they people will not come back day after day for those anymore. Um, they want more of the vlog style. Um, and that's just really changed over the past three years. I've definitely had an impact on that with changing the way I film um, and uh, being successful with it certainly probably inspires a lot of other like aquarium channels to want to kind of go in that direction as well. But it does make me worry as at the same time, whereas a lot of these videos we make now aren't searchable. Um, you want to learn about a topic that I'm talking about in the video, it's not really titled like that anymore because those titles and thumbnails don't do well. You have to kind of uh, glorify it a little bit, make it exciting, and otherwise it's not going to get watched. So imagine in three years from now what it's going to look like. I think it's, it's, it's I don't think it's going to look good. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting the way, because you're right, YouTube ha is kind of like the number two search engine yep. on the internet. People use it to search all the time, but yeah, it has shifted over to that almost like kind of clickbaity type you know, yeah. things like that. So in the early years, what motivated you to keep producing videos? You just, for the forums, like, or was it more for yourself? Um, the first, the first like year or two was just sharing videos. Um, into my second, or into the third year, some of my videos got more and more popular. Um, and I decided uh, I'd keep making videos on a continuous like weekly basis. Um, I believe the third or fourth year, uh, I hit like a thousand subscribers, which was the most uh, important milestone I've ever hit, was the most exciting. A hundred was okay, and but nothing, and, and you know, even a hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, a million, nothing felt the same as one thousand. Uh, as crazy as that sounds, it's just the truth of, 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 of feeling like after years and years of making these videos, a thousand people want to see more. I was so proud. I was so excited. Um, but yeah, to make a push to continue to making videos was certainly inspired by the community and people just enjoying what I'm doing. Like I was just so excited that people cared about what I was doing. Um, and it became a second hobby, making the video, filming the video, editing, um, learning about cameras and learning how to do websites. Everything that comes from me is organically from me. Nobody helps me with anything. Websites, design, 
logos, everything I do myself. Um, and I just self-taught over the years. So that's a lot of time that will go into that. Wake up in the morning and work on it, then go to work, like a normal job, 10 hours. Um, come home, work on it. Weekends were time to catch up on making videos. So, And I did that for years. Um, my channel, unfortunately, operated in the red for like the first, I would say, seven years, seven and a half years, where um, it wasn't profitable. I was losing money every month. Um, because do-it-yourself, although cheap, you can save money at times. If you're just building something just to film it on video and you're not a business and you're not selling anything, it gets expensive fast. Um, and I was doing it week after week. Uh, my channel eventually averaged out costing me about $2,000 a month to run. And uh, at its peak, I was only making $1,600 a month. Um, and we're talking Canadian dollars. So I was losing money every single month. Um, you know, obviously there was potential there, but it's difficult to get anybody to believe in you when you're leading the way. And that's one, probably one of the worst things that's happened to me. And one of the best is being the number one aquarium channel for so long. Um, and you tell your wife, like things will get better. Um, but you have nobody to show like nowadays channels can be like, look at, look at him. You can hate me or love me, but you can see that an aquarium channel can get to a million subscribers. If I'm making this much, imagine what he's making. He must be making bank. Um, so let's sacrifice today because we have something. I didn't have that. I, I was just me. Uh, and I was number one aquarium channel. There was tons of other channels, but I surpassed them so quickly. And I was making, uh, you know, no money. But being the number one aquarium channel, I felt a sense of pride, um, commitment, and of course, pressure to keep going. I felt like I'd be letting so many people down. I also always had this overwhelming sense like I, like I owed so much more back to the hobby than what I'm doing. I always felt like I never did enough. I, I was never doing enough. Um, like it literally saved my life. Where would I be without it? I, I was, that's a terrifying thought for me at the time. Uh, I'm more mature now and I've grown. Men take forever to grow up, but uh, we do. It's pathetic. Girls will grow up and they're ready to live a life by the time they're 18. I'm, I need till at least 30. <laughs> then I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to be a man. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it was, um, yeah, I was always operating in the red, ne never making enough to, you know, profit. So it was never monetary um, goals of mine to keep going until late 2016 when money was obviously going to become a part of what I was doing. It's now profiting. I'm now making real money. When I say that, I say I'm talking, um, I'm going to show this eventually in all my analytics, but uh, I started making like 4,000 a month, 5,000 a month, 7,000, 8,000. By, by December, 2016, um, I was, I made $14,000 that month in ad revenue on YouTube. $14,000 is a tremendous amount of money. So I took the last six months at how much I was making and um, I was getting targeted by preferred ads. That's what was happening. I was making 10 times what I should have been or like eight times what I should have been. Like I said, I was only making 1600 bucks. Um, but one thing I know about YouTube is if I, there's no like, I've never grown really fast. It's always been very slow. So for three years, at my first three years of YouTube, I made nothing. The second two to three years, I made like 600 bucks a month. Um, the two, three years after that, it was like 15, 1600 bucks a month. It was always consistent. I could always bank on it. Like I knew if I kept going, that's what I would make. Um, sometimes it was a little more, sometimes it was a little less. 
Uh, my channel never always costs the same amount of money to produce. So sometimes I would make money, but the next month maybe I lost money on it. Um, but I wasn't getting rich by any means. It was very stressful. We got, we had repossessions, like my cars got repossessed. Um, it's funny now, but it's time I, it's funny because I bought a new camera and uh, instead of making my car payment, which I called and they said it'd be okay to miss a payment, but they didn't record it, car got repossessed. Um, been evicted from a couple of places. Anyways, back to the big money. This is what everybody loves to hear about is success. Nobody really likes to hear about the climb and the sacrifice. Um, so I'm making that big money. I decide I'm gonna pay off all my debt. I buy my, my wife um, a $10,000 engagement ring because I got all this money, it ain't, it ain't going nowhere. I'm rich now. <laughs> I'm PewDiePie. <laughs> and uh, I say, you could have a wedding wherever you want. See, I never married her for like 15 years because I never thought I could buy her a ring that she would deserve or give her the wedding that she deserved. I guess that's more of a man thing where we want to, it's just the ego thing where a, a real woman that's in love with you doesn't care about the ring or what the wedding's going to be like deep down. I bet she does. I know I would if I was a girl. I, I would Give me that ring. ring. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I said, do whatever you want, wherever you want. She wanted a destination wedding in Punicana. So I was able to pay all of it off all at once. We had a fantastic Christmas. Um, everything was amazing. I think we went away for that Christmas. Um, January 1st every year is when advertisers' budgets for marketing renews. So every January, our views might go up, but you'll notice a dip in your money. Um, it only lasts for a couple of weeks. So when this happened in January 2017, I wasn't worried, but it never came back up. I made 200 bucks that month, um, got down from 14,000. I was like, wow. Uh, February hit, I think it was like three or $400, something like that. Like, this is really bad, um, especially since I began the planning phases and paying for the new gallery. Um, I look into things and there's this YouTube advertiser boycott. All the premium ads were pulled, Coca-Cola, et cetera. And like I said, I started making that big money because I was getting targeted um, by, by these premium ads. We all know about premium ads. Sometimes you're placed in them. Um, I'm the number one aquarium channel. For aquariums, I'm being targeted. Um, for reptiles, it could have been Brian or whoever else is a big reptile or you know, gaming, and then there's all categories. They want to target usually the top five um, or whoever's getting the most views cons uh, con consistently. Um, yeah, that, and that didn't affect everybody, but it hit me hard. Um, but I had tons of money left over and I was saving, and uh, I think it was about 40, 50, 40 to $60,000 into the gallery. And I think I had like three or four bucks left in my account. I was like, so. My wife left me years ago, five or six years ago. Like I said earlier, um, to produce this channel at one point, I do everything myself. I would wake up in the mornings and work. I go to my real job and make not a lot of money. Um, uh, it was less than 40,000 a year, even though it was the most money I've ever made in my life. Um, and I come home and work on my channel, weekends for, for my channel. I did that for, what, six years straight? Over time, you grow apart from your loved ones, you're not spending as much time. Even though I'm there all the time, I'm not really there. Um, and being such a young couple, things just weren't working out anymore, and she left for a few months. She left for three months. Clearly she came back, so that kind of ruins the, uh, the anticipation here, but it was, uh, she came back under the grounds that I would prioritize my time. So I was like, look, I can't just quit YouTube now. 
I feel like I've given so much and there's still so much more potential. And there's like, like it was really hard for me to say like this person I've never met, I'm having an impact on their life or they, they really like my videos and it's really having a, an impact on them or look what it's did for me. I'm doing this for other people. And she's like, yeah, but the rents do. Um, so I quit my job and I told her to come back. Things will change. I, I finally decided I'm going to try to monetize my channel a little bit more because I never sold any merch or anything. I was never really into that. Although I leave so much money on the table and I regret it now uh, because we live on YouTube. It's okay if you make money now, but then it was like, it was, you're not allowed to make a penny from this, but make these free videos. It was really tough. Um, so I sat down and I wrote a book within three weeks, self wrote it, published, distributed within three weeks. It took you three weeks to write that book. Yeah. When I want something and when, and when I put my mind to something, you said it earlier, we'll skip meals. Um, I didn't move from my kitchen table for three weeks. Wow. Imagine what you could truly do in three weeks time. If you just honestly dedicate yourself to it, we are sidetracked by so many stupid things. Watching TV, we spend way too much time on YouTube. We don't spend enough time doing things that actually matter and that are actually productive. But if you truly cut out all the, all the fat, <laughs> you can accomplish a lot. Um, yeah, so I wrote it within three weeks. Um, that book went on to become the, the number three top selling book of all time with my publisher, period. Not just in fish tanks, all time. Wow. Um, that was about four years ago. Anyway, she ended up coming back uh, and that was the time moving forward. I went full time with YouTube and uh, things got a little bit better. That this uh, late 2016 started making that big money. It was like, wow, I made it only to have everything taken from me um, in January. But when I was making that big money, I thought I'm going to make this forever. If I got to where I'm at and if I've reached this many people and changed this many lives from my basement, imagine if I had a dedicated building, like imagine behind you, you've gotten to where you are with probably with what, uh, with what you have uh, behind you and maybe some other things. But imagine if you had a dedicated building, Insane hmm. to think about. And I've always reinvested uh, any money I make from YouTube back into my channel um, and into the hobby. So here I am. <clears throat> Do you know this story? Is this new for you? This is new for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, so here I am uh, with no money left. The gallery is built. Um, this 2000 gallon tank that I'm standing in front of, this is the top of it. Um, this is the cement is poured by then. And by poured, I mean, I dumped it in with buckets. Well, I didn't. I hired laborers to do that. You got to be smart <laughs> doing that. 750 pounds, 750 gallons of cement by bucket. I wasn't doing that. Um, and I'm out of money. I was about to shut my channel down. Um, I was like, I'm, I, if this doesn't, if this continues, the gallery's costing me thousands. I still have thousands left to go through. Um, I still have, you know, and then ongoing costs. Every month this costs about an average of $1,300 to run, which is more than my regular bills. Um, and now I'm broke. I promised my wife that if she came back, I would never do something like that ever again. We started the gallery thinking it's a good move if, uh, because it's successful, but we weren't anticipating, nobody was anticipating that monetization thing to happen. Um, and that went on for like six or seven months where I made nothing. Anyway, was she a hundred percent on board with the gallery? Like that was, or that was a convincing. She was never, so she's not into fish at all. Um, 
she's, she's only been out here a handful of times and it's been here for about 18 months now, but she's never really on board with any of it. She's just more understanding and allowing, like knowing how important it is to you, like empathetic. Um, it's supportive to an extent because uh, I could be very convincing in terms of like, imagine this or imagine that and being very uh, visual with her uh, and imagine what will come. Uh, imagine the money type of deal because if you, it's, 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 you can't convince somebody to allow you to do something with warm, fuzzy feelings that we get for doing it. You have to give them that end goal, the, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow type of deal. Um, see what I'm making now. Imagine if we blow up and uh, whatever the case might be. Um, and that's not why she wanted to do it, but it was like little things like that. Uh, anyways, it was late April, I believe, or May. End of May, end of April. I think it was end of April. Maybe May. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. It was in 2017. It's a year and a half ago where I'm facing shutting my channel down. Um, and I never actually told anybody this story. So I think you'll be the first. I've never even told it myself uh, out loud. But uh, so I knew, everybody knew that I was struggling financially, especially with the monetization drop. But nobody knew the story about my wife leaving. And the fact that if, if I kept doing this, she'd leave again. Uh, so it was either let her leave and go bankrupt and lose everything or shut the channel down. Um, a lot of people say, well, you could just do it slowly over time. No, that's not within my personality. I'm, I'm everything or nothing. I can't, I can't just be a little bit. I got to walk away. Um, I, I, was, I was crushed. I didn't know what to do. But I was facing what I felt like shutting my channel down, stop making videos, and just disappearing, going back and finding a new job was the only outcome. Throughout the entire time of putting the gallery up, everybody knew why I was doing it. I've always been pretty authentic with who I am and, and the reasons why I do what I do. Uh, even though I can come across a little abrasive and I can even be arrogant at times and cocky, whatever the case. I've read comments. I know what people, some people think of me. Um, and I can see that. Uh, but, and, I, and I have what I describe as a resting bitch face. I know I have it. <laughs> I know I look mad all the time. I try not to. I just yeah. have one of those faces. <laughs> people want to punch. No. Yeah. Um, so I'm facing all of these problems. People are entire time saying, let us help you. And they're getting mad at me. Like, I don't know why you're help, let, not letting us help you, like financially. I was like, no, I just, it was a pride thing. Um, but they were getting mad, mad. Like, this is so selfish of you not to let us help. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, I haven't asked for help for eight years in doing this. I'm not going to start now until like one day it was like, this is do or die. If I don't get help, we shut the channel down. So I decided to upload this video. The video was like 25 minutes long, just a general update. And at the end of that video, I filmed, um, I just ended it normally, but I also had created another little clip where I asked for the help because I didn't know if I was going to put it in there. I, I honestly thought that that could have been one of my last videos. I decided during editing, it was like, it was almost like rolling the dice rug quick and throwing them out there. I dropped the clip in and rendered it and I was like, Oh, whatever. Um, that I uploaded it to YouTube and shut my laptop and, and I didn't think anything of it. Um, I was, I was terrified. I was, I thought I was going to be embarrassed that nobody would help. I thought like, all these people said they were going to help me. Are, are they going to watch this video and see that I need that help now? Um, I thought that I would be mocked and humiliated and I thought I'd be made fun of. I thought it was like, what ended up happening was I asked for $90,000 Canadian. Um, this is, I, this is a, there's a, there's a bit of more to this in a second that I'll tell you. 
anyways, within 47, 47 hours, $90,000 was raised. Um, never in the history of the hobby has anything been that amount been raised for anything, let alone within 47 hours. Uh, I shut it down because I didn't need any more. I needed that 90000 The gallery ended up costing me more than that. Um, but the 90000 I only needed eighty-five to do everything. And I did have some sponsors and whatnot for lights and, and all that sort of thing. But everything just added up. Um, added up really quick. And being in Canada, you have to build, if you want, an, if you want like a, a building like this, you basically have to build a whole new house. Yeah, exactly. Uh, proper foundation, eight-inch thick walls, you know, proper insulation. It has to be inspected. There's a lot, we have a lot of laws, especially in Nova Scotia, and bylaws, et cetera. Things have to be done a certain way. Um, it just added up really, really fast. Anyways, $90,000. Um, I think about $6,000 of that went to GoFundMe fees. Another 1200 went to PayPal fees because not everybody could use GoFundMe. Um, and I thought I was going to have the rest. No. I'm in Canada where healthcare is free. <laughs> yes, free. I had to pay taxes on it. Um, I paid $25,200 in taxes out of the remainder. I ended up with what is equivalent to 44000 American, which isn't even half of what this place ended up costing me, um, which is unfortunate. Nobody really knows that. That's something that's gonna, I'm going to be coming out with eventually as part two to becoming the king of DIY with that video originally. That's part one. Part two is this, this type of story where we're summarizing here. Um, but yeah, I started thinking to myself, like, would I have done this again? Like knowing that I was going to not have that much money, would people be upset with me that the money went to like taxes, et cetera, et cetera? I think the short answer is no. I think that uh, if they knew that they saved my channel as opposed to helping pay for the gallery, I think that they would feel even more proud of what they've done. But I've never told that story because I never thought I'd tell any of these stories, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so, uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that. I mean, I, there's a reason why you raised $90,000 in 47 hours, right? It's not yeah, that yeah. people, and people, that was, I didn't even have 200,000 subscribers then. That's um, amazing. Yeah. I was, I've only grown to a million. I think it was like 700,000 in the, or 500 or 600,000 in the past 12 months. Um, things have rebounded, uh, financially for me, thank, thankfully, but that definitely helped. Um, Overall, to date, the gallery has cost a hundred and I think a hundred and ten thousand, something along those lines. Um, so effectively, they've they've they covered half of of the costs, but more importantly, saved this channel from like not existing anymore because I wasn't going to put any more into it at all. Period. Eight and a half years of sacrifice. I felt like okay, I've given enough. I've done enough. Um, this is it. This was you know this is the last straw for me. Um, and luckily, I was able to keep going. Moving forward from that moment, I thought I'm no longer going to do anything that doesn't make me happy. Uh, I'm going to be more of myself. I'm going to, I'm not going to bottle up my excitement anymore. Uh, when I wake up in the mornings, I cannot believe I get to wake up and do this. I'm so excited. So I, I mean, like my attitude and everything has changed throughout my videos in terms of like, sometimes I'm giddy and laughing and I just can't help it. I just decided I'm just going to be whatever I am that day. If I'm upset, then I'll make some moody videos. If I'm happy, I'm going to make some happy videos. I'm just going to film whatever makes me happy. And every video that I do, unfortunately, um, is not very well produced professionally, 
but it's what I'm most passionate and excited about right now. Um, I film and edit and upload the same day in most cases. And it seems like people really like that, right? It's like they kind of can come along with you. It's more rather than just kind of setting up a tripod and talking in front of it. It feels like we're with you in the gallery when you're carrying the camera around and kind of doing that vlog style updates. You know what I'm talking about when you're making a video and you see the viewfinder, maybe if yours flips around, you look at yourself and you're talking to a camera. Um, It's easy to do that to an extent, but it's very cold at the same time. So a little hack that I've learned was, and you'll be able to do this eventually, um, when meeting fans, uh, what they don't know is you remember some people and you remember specifically what they look like at times. Uh, so every time I make a new video, I picture that who I'm talking to, or that's who I'm making the video for, or that's who I'm on FaceTime with type of deal. Uh, and it makes things so much more easier and personable for me. It, and it truly is like bringing them through here with me for that specific topic or whatever we're talking about. Gotcha. Yeah, well that, I mean, obviously we can see that. That's that's really cool. It's a really interesting tactic. Um, it is amazing how much you sacrifice to those eight and a half years. And it's almost more amazing is the faith that you had in that it was going to pay off. Or was it more just like hang on and hope? Or did you really truly think deep down that this was going to work? Because it's, it's, you're like you said, you are the first person to do this. You're sort of tr- a trailblazer when it comes to this sort of thing. Uh, there are other people that do similar things outside of the aquarium hobby. But in the aquarium hobby, this is like, you are it. Yeah. Um, well, I've always, like I said, I had this overwhelming sense of like I owed something back. Um, but also, uh, for the first time in my life, I was proud of what I was doing. Um, and it was never about the money for me. Of course, nowadays, I want to make as much as I can. I never want to put my family or put myself in that position ever again. So of course I want to make that kind of money. Um, I think that, um, I think that if you go into this with a good heart and you are financially rewarded, that's okay. I think that a lot of times people go in with financials in mind, uh, and with a, with a good heart second, Mm -hmm. sometimes those people are successful, but not nearly they don't last as long. It's not long-term. No. I've been able to last 10 plus years because I love what I'm doing for one. I know, I feel like I'm having a, an impact, uh, but most importantly, um, I just feel like I'm giving back to something that gave so much to me. Yeah. And I mean, I do, like I had said in that letter that I wrote you, I do really think that viewers pick up on that sort of in a on an, sort of an underwritten way, like they, you're not explicitly saying it, but you know, there's, you have a million subscribers. And like I said, I don't have fish. I used to have fish, but I don't have fish. I watch your damn videos all the time. <laughs> I hear that sometimes. And, it makes, and I don't, and, and, and it has changed the way I talk on video to a certain extent where I know people that don't keep fish are watching my videos. Here's the fun part is like people sometimes ask like, what's the point of the gallery? Why did you do this in the first place? And we could argue it all day. Like, um, I don't need this first and foremost. If I wasn't doing YouTube, I do not want this building. It's too, <laughs> it's too expensive. It's too time consuming. I don't, I don't want it. I don't want it. But we ended up on the number one trending video on YouTube and we stayed there for two days. We repeated that about between 20 and 30 times getting onto the trending page, finding people like yourself or people that don't have fish or, and inspiring them and getting them interested in fish and simply growing it even more, inspiring other YouTubers to kind of take YouTube a little bit more serious 
And at times, I sometimes get upset that like, oh, copycats and this and that. But if I could just put my ego aside and, and, and think, they're contributing just as much as me. Um, they are inspiring others. They're getting other people into the hobby. They are, uh, do, they're contributing in their own ways. And, and ultimately, without the gallery, I would never have been able to reach the amount of people that I have, um, you know, without it. So. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very, it's, I mean, it's an interesting thing for sure. And I mean, I know you, you say people sometimes give you a hard time. You have in the comments, people giving you negative comments. And I don't think they really understand how much work it is to do what you're doing. Like even, yeah, you miss a video and then, you know, of course they, you got to hear from it from all these commenters. And well, it's, it's interesting as a YouTuber and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a perspective that uh, has helped me forever. A hundred people could tell you how great you are in your comments, but it's that one person that doesn't like you that's going to ruin your day. Um, one person that doesn't like the way you look or the way you talk or your information, or they just think you're this or that. The other thing, I have plenty of those. Uh, we always give the oil to the squeakiest wheel. And the, oil, and the squeakiest wheel is always the negative people, isn't it? We never commend or talk about the positivity nearly enough. Um, so for me, I've decided that I'm just going to focus on that positive people, keep making videos for them uh, in the way that I like. Because if I listen to the people that don't like what I do, I, I wouldn't be doing the format that I'm doing right now. And it's working more so than ever before. I mean, uh, in the past two years, I mean, my first, I don't know, seven years on YouTube, I can now replicate that entire success in one month in terms of how many subscribers I get and how many views I got in those first seven years versus today and the mm -hmm. style that I'm using now. And the only difference is, is that I'm, I, I now enjoy what I'm doing. You yourself is very monotonous and boring and very robotic step by step. It was fun at first. Um, but once you, you do it so many times and, and, and you instruct the exact same way for so long is, it's just very boring. Plus, nobody's watching them anymore. Uh, so it's really difficult to find the motivation to do something that some people want you to do when most people are not really interested in it. Uh, I, think, I think most importantly is just to continue to always do what you're truly happy to do. And it's okay to change and evolve over time. Dylan, you're going to change the way you talk in two years. You're going to look different. You're going to sound different. You're going to do things differently. Maybe you won't be doing this in two years. Maybe you'll eventually give up on it, but it's okay to evolve and change. But just keep remembering that, is this making me happy? Um, life's so short. It is so short. And you should be happy at all times. I've discovered that um, personally for myself. Um, I always thought money would make me happy. because I've been broke my whole life. My whole life was revolved around money problems. Now over the past year when things have rebounded, I'm doing very well. I've realized that it's not truly money that makes me happy. Money will, will remove certain stresses um, and give you more time to do things that you love. But um, it's not necessarily what's going to make you truly happy. Uh, it will bring you more stress than bring you being broke. Because uh, eventually you don't know who's who, who you're surrounded by. Um, are they, where were they before type of deal? Um, yeah, balance is so important. And that's something that I've been working on myself and trying to even trying even a little harder of trying to find what's making me happy over the past few months. I know that like a lot of people, I missed some videos here and there and I took two weeks off. I can assure you that I wouldn't miss any time uh, if it wasn't entirely important. Um, 
and, and really it was just just to, just to reset a little bit. Didn't need yeah. a break from YouTube or the hobby, nothing like that. I still had to change water. I just needed to uh, to reevaluate a few things. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And you, I, I, you do see those comments and probably every one of your videos is always someone that says, you need to go back to DIY. It's like, how many, you've done everything. I mean, there, there's an encyclopedia on your channel of making, like that's how I originally found you is because I was looking to build stuff for my reptiles and I came across, you know, the, the plywood aquarium and things like that. Yeah. And I mean, you don't need to do that again. And those videos are very time consuming to edit. Yeah, well, they, would take, they take 20 to 40 hours for me to make. Um, and that's if I make one video a week. It's it's okay. It, I still do tons of do-it-yourself. They're just not titled how-to anymore because those titles don't do well. Um, I still do plenty of it, but only when I need to. I'm no longer looking to create a catalog of videos because the requests that people have, I've already done it. Now, some want me to redo a lot of videos the way I make videos today. And maybe I'm just not interested in it. Um, uh, again, I've discovered that money's not what I want in life. Um, you know, it's really great to have, but I'd rather make no money and be happy than be miserable and make lots of money doing something I don't want to do. Um, but that's 10 years on YouTube, 10 plus years. It's, it's crazy to think that there's, there's people out there that have been on the, the platform for that many years as well that have millions and millions and millions of subscribers. I can only imagine how uh, the, the lives that, that they live uh, in terms of like having to deal with everything that comes outside of when the camera shuts off. Um, it's, it's, you'd have to be a pretty strong person. I think everybody, YouTube is the job everybody wants to, to get it, to become like successful at it. Then it's, uh, it's, it's not, it's, nobody can prepare you for what's gonna happen. Well, that's one of the reasons I started this podcast because I found videos to be very exhausting to make and all that. And I, I still wanted to talk about this stuff. So I thought this would be a, a more like a, a medium that fit my life a lot better than filming all these different things. And but um, yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a crazy path that it has taken you on mm -hmm. up until this point. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a good story to share. Um, if not interesting for the average person, it is inspiring for those going through the same things. And to know that uh, you just kind of surround yourself with positive people. Stop caring what other people think about you. You can change your life if you just chase a goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, take something small that you can be responsible for and then, and then go after that. And if it's taking care of a single fish to start with, that can change your life in a way that you would never have predicted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I, I don't think I'll take up too much more of your time. I, since you, I have you here, I got to ask about the Reptarium because you've yep. been. And uh, can, you, can you talk a little bit about that experience with Brian's uh, zoo? Yeah, I should probably talk about Brian as a person first. Um, yeah, and I, I did want to ask you about that because he does get a lot of hate on, on oh, online man, as well. Such, it's so silly and so do I. Um, yeah. So let me explain to you what Brian is like in person. Uh, <laughs> there's no way for me to say this without sounding mean and cruel because we talk almost all the time brian loves animals so much that it annoys me um, <laughs> like i stayed at his house one time for a couple of nights and from morning till evening it was all about cameras are off nobody around and it's just like how much he loves them almost bringing himself to tears <laughs> um, of how much he loves animals and i'm like brian stop i know me too Maybe not like that, 
But yeah, yeah, so his heart comes from a tremendously great place. Uh, he's very business savvy and smart as well, and he works extremely hard. And when you put all of that together, it's bound for success. But it's also bound to be a polarizing person where people can love as well as hate you, just like myself. Um, so Brian as a person is one of my favorite people. Um, he's always been supportive of me. When I hit 100,000, he was the first one to congratulate me. 500,000, he's always the first. And I've got some really close friends in the hobby that I speak with on a daily basis, but he is always the first to text me, call me, um, whatever the case might be, always asking me to come down and just, we don't have to film, just come hang out, blah, blah, blah. Um, really great person, loves animals. Um, I know that he gets a lot of flack for like how he keeps the, the cages. Um, and I never understood that as well. And I will, I've got a saying for my own channel is like, people don't, people hate what they don't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, those are sales tanks. Those snakes are in and out of there really fast. I mean, he's got thousands. I'm not a snake person, so I don't know the ins and outs, but I can assure you that, um, bringing harm to animals is the last thing he wants to do. With that said, imagine being an exporter or somebody that distributes snakes on that scale and putting everything on camera. Nobody really does that. Mm -hmm. um, so. We're seeing the worst from him. That isn't that bad. But imagine what others are doing that don't have cameras uh, in their buildings. Uh, yeah. The well, and his zoo has kind of, I think, changed his philosophy a little bit because he has, you know, this incredible enclosures that he's building. I think that it's just like myself. I kept bare bottom aquariums and stuff for so long that I started decorating. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I do like this, and it is pretty cool. And the fish do look pretty awesome. And it's this and it's that. Is it better for them? Well, it can be argued and debated all day long what's best for what. I can say that the moment I started decorating my tanks, I've had problems with, uh, you know, fish, big fish getting hurt and whatnot. Right. Um, and before, never an issue when I was keeping like bare bottom, bare tanks, although very sterile looking and not much of an environment to interact with. Um, snakes are a much more intelligent animal than a fish, you know, obviously, mm -hmm. but. Um, and, and, and I'm definitely speaking at a turn by even talking about snakes in any way, cause I just don't know much other than they will bite. creep you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I think that the, uh, the reptarium is a way for him to further educate and inspire people with something that looks awesome. He was doing it from his facility but can only get so far with that because the average person doesn't understand that side of a breeder or a distributor or a wholesaler, like somebody that's bringing in a ton of snakes. Are we going to put them in a, a vivarium of some sort? No, you mm -hmm. put them in with probably a little bit of paper towel, some water, you know, the right warmth and humidity. And three days later it's sold. We're not, otherwise we can't clean all that bedding. It's just impractical, even though it's pretty and it's probably more, beneficial for the snake long term they're not they're just not there long term yeah um, when i was there i was watching snakes being shipped out like like massive amounts like every single day i was like wow i, I had no clue your your facility was this big he's got two levels like mm -hmm. all those white uh, alleys i don't know how many there is but there's like thousands and he downsized absolutely right. insane um with that said i don't watch his videos closely enough because i find as a youtuber Watching other channels that are very close to your niche is too influential. Uh, it can change the way you film, the way you make your videos, the way you talk, etc. And you lose your individuality, especially on a few, on a um, website with the first word in its name being you. Uh, but the, the the Raptarium, I love the idea. I think it's a massive expense for him, and I hope 
that it pays off in the long term. Um, I, I will see what happens. But I can say that like uh, his heart is uh, about as as close to gold as it could get when it comes to the love of animals. When you display absolutely every aspect of your hobby and your life on camera, though, you do open yourself up to people taking things out of context and looking at things that might look damaging to an extent. And it happens with me all the time. Um, it's easy for me to say that it probably happens to him more, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think that we focus too much on the negativity versus where would the hobby be without Brian? Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. That, that is, is, is potential. I know that a lot of people would be like, Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, would a lot of channels exist if it weren't for him that inspired them or would how many people got into the, the snake hobby or reptile hobby because of him? How many fish store practice or snake stores practices have changed, evolved over him? How much of an industry impact has he had in terms of sales because of all these new people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I could say the same thing about myself. Um, but those are conversations nobody wants to have because it's, it's the negativity gets way more attention, way more controversy and starts a much bigger conversation because you have a line in the sand and you have, you can choose which one to stand on. Um, but uh, yeah, personally for him, I think he's doing a good thing and he's a great person. I think he likes animals a little too much for my likings. <laughs> I like them, <laughs> but he loves them. Not in a weird yeah. way. He's just like, I always say like when the camera shuts off for me, I don't know who I'll be. Maybe I'll still be that I joke around and I laugh and I am very hyper in person as well, but he is identical on and off camera all day long. That's exactly what he sounds like. That's exactly how he talks and moves in his mannerisms. Everything is identical. Um, even in the mornings, uh, like waking, I've waked up in the morning and the, he's in the kitchen, like type of thing. And like, that's how much time we spend together. I know him. Not as close as I'd like to be, but we, I definitely know him quite well. Um, and I think that uh, that's the unfortunate side to YouTube is it's so easy to judge people without like really, but how is he supposed to, you know, give everybody a chance and meet everybody, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but well, I that's what I kind of wanted to ask you about it because you know him personally and, and yeah. it is important because he does some like I, like last week I had talked about him on the show as well and said I was really excited about the amount of people that he's inspiring with the reptarium and, yeah. and all that and the fact that you know people like criticizing his ideas are fine but people don't do that they attack the character and they attack ad hominem attacks and they call names and it's just totally useless so that's he's why gonna, I wanted to have so Brian at the end of the day he's got a beautiful home a beautiful wife a beautiful son He's got a great life and a great business. And um, I do know that he goes through way more stresses than it's financially worth. Um, I think that at any moment uh, when he's no longer happy doing this, he could shut it down and he'll be still fine um, financially and whatnot. Um, he's a very smart person and he's, he's doing a lot. But I think that um, I also think, what was I going to say here? That... Um, Great. Forgot exactly what I was going to say, but hmm. we were talking um, character attacks or being oh, right. negative. So it's yeah. really easy to criticize somebody. This is the world we live in right now. And this is at the beginning of this conversation where I said people get so offended. Um, what I was really probably thinking about in the back of my head is that people hide behind the word criticism and opinion as a way to attack somebody. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have an opinion over something. It's okay to be, uh, to have criticism. 
Yep. What is the, is, is it really constructive? Is it, is it positive or negative is fine, but what is it truly contributing to? Is the name calling really needed? The threats really needed? Is the, uh, the mocking and the constant bashing, is all of that really needed? Or are you going to do that and end it with, but that's just my opinion. At what point does it become harassment and bullying? I've dealt with this myself. Definitely, yeah. Um, and I've met some of these people in person. And I can assure you, they do not talk like that in person. All of you on the internet. No, I'm not trying yeah. to act like, oh, I'm going to fight the world. I'm just saying that. Construct, try to conduct yourself in a way on the internet and online as you would in person. Because at some point in time, your employer is going to look at your internet history or somebody might report you to something and you could get in a tremendous amount of trouble and problems. I've told Brian myself that every time you see negativity, delete and block them, get them out of there. Um, they're not only going to get worse, but he's like, no, I'll reply. And I think that, you know, it's good to, I'm like, no, cause that's what they want. They want validation. Get rid of them. Maybe that's just me and my experience of like, um, if you want to name call, do racial things or uh, all kinds. I could call the stupid Canadian constantly. I'm not even yeah. that. Um, I'm not even that like uh, proud of my country. I, I mean, like if I was from Canada, I'm proud to be Canadian. If I'm from the states, I'm proud to be American. I, it doesn't matter to me because we live across an invisible line, anyways. Mm -hmm. But um, so when people talk about that type of stuff, I just there's no place for it. Um, yeah, it's fish tanks. <laughs> yeah, it's a glass container with water in it. Yeah. Let's not get too crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think um, in the reptile hobby, I think that it's good to uh, keep Brian in the conversation. I think that um, he does have a tremendous amount of supporters. I mean, with like 1.6 million, he's probably got two, three million followers across social media. Um, and for him, if he didn't do snakes all the time, he would grow way faster. Uh, if he just did general vlogs, like you see him collaborating with every massive YouTuber, but he's always incorporating reptiles to a certain extent when he really doesn't have to. He's doing it to further uh, the reptile hobby where if he didn't do that, he'd probably grow tremendously faster and get way more views, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I believe he continues to do it just just to because that's where his heart's at. Um, I do remember when he started the vlog too. I, th I thought that uh, it was a horrible idea. I was like, I can't imagine how much work that's going to be. Oh God, it must be so um, much work. Yeah, he's like, no, it's just part of my day now. You know, I know what I'm going to do. I know what we're going to film and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, he, he's, his world is, and same with mine, his world is his family and reptiles. And I don't know if he has much room for much else because He's very passionate about what he does, and he's very passionate about his, his, his wife and his son and making sure they're successful and taken care of and spends time with them. And they go on. Like, they, they, he has a great life. Um, um, every time I visit him, I come home, and I'm like, I need to step up my game for not only my channel, but as a person. I, I could be better than this. I just seen it. So if you ever meet Brian in person, you will go away, walk him away thinking, I could do, I could be a better person. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can. <laughs> well, that's not a bad thing to think. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think maybe we'll wrap it up there because we're already 10 minutes over what I said we'd go. But um, really interesting story. Well, I, I think that, that was awesome. I really appreciate you telling that story. And um, maybe we'll connect again in the future and we can do another one in, in the update. Do you have, do you have 
future plans for the gallery right now? Or are you just going to keep plugging away at different things or do you have a kind of a master plan? I've never had a plan for any of this. I wish, okay. I, wish I could be exciting for you and uh, give you some inside tips or anything. I wing everything. So I Water don't know, changes and feed fish. Yeah, I don't know what my next video is going to be, let alone you know what I'm doing next week type of thing for this. I do whatever is most I'm most excited about, most passionate about. Try to tell the story and hope that other people are interested as well. Cool. Well, if people want to find your book or buy shirts or find you on YouTube, can you let us know where that or uh, Instagram as well? Yeah, just all the King of DIY um, or Waru Joey U A R U J O E Y. But if you look for the King of DIY, you'll find me everywhere. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much, Joey. My pleasure, Dylan. Thank you for having me, my man. Thank you very much for listening to that episode. I do really hope you enjoyed it, and I hope that you got something from it. You know, we talked about what I perceive as one of the most important reasons somebody can keep an animal or keep a pet. And that reason is, is the purpose and responsibility that it can give you. So Joey's story is a perfect example of that. This is an individual who is in a very dark spot and taking care of a fish saved his life because it gave him purpose and responsibility and all of a sudden he was planning for the future and he was able to make the right decisions on a daily basis that would allow him to continue the hobby rather than continue you know, the bad behavior that he was engaging in before. And obviously you have to start small. I'm not talking about running out and buying a bunch of animals to give you the life purpose. What it is, is it's you know starting with something small that you're able to control and have responsibility for. Joey didn't get to go from basically a criminal to a YouTube star with a million subscribers in a year. You know, that's a 15-year process, and it started with taking care of a fish tank. That's the first step, and then that gave him the responsibility and the power to continue helping himself. And now we have a member of the community, you know, even just his local community, but also the YouTube community, who is very, very positive and influential, which is, you know, obviously 180 degrees difference than he would have been had he not gone down that path. And it is also so important for us as YouTube viewers to remember that the people behind the camera are people too. And, you know, the, you know, we only see Joey in the aquarium gallery, so we kind of have this vision of him or this image of him that is just this fish guy. But he does have a personal life behind the camera, and so do all YouTubers. And they do an incredible job and grind very hard to provide us with free entertainment. And we have to remember that there's they have stuff going on, too. And I think because when someone gets very popular on YouTube as a viewer, we just assume like these guys are millionaires. There's just no other way. There just must be millionaires rolling in cash. And it's just not the case. Joey now is successful and he's doing well financially and he's a great family. But there's times where it was very, very tough for him. And he put the hobby in front of that. It wasn't about financial gains. It was about helping people in the hobby. And I think we sometimes forget that. It's like he grinded for, you know, eight years with very, very little viewership and no money, negative money. And now that he's doing well, you know, we're just like prodding him. Keep, keep making videos, keep making videos. It's like we have to be very grateful for all the work and grinding that he did before that allowed to have that giant catalog of DIY material and taking us along for the ride for the aquarium gallery. So that was a very interesting story. I, I'm very grateful for him sharing it with us and I do hope you enjoyed that show. If you want to support the, the, the podcast, please go to animalsathome.ca slash podcast. There are a few different ways you can support. One, share the content, share the podcast with your friends, comment and like on the videos. That helps me tremendously. You can buy an Animals at Home shirt or sweater. They're available online on my website at animalsathome.ca slash shop. 
$5 for every shirt does get donate, donated to the Amazon Rainforest Conservancy. Or you can just hit the link that says buy me a coffee and that's just a 2 or $3 donation, whatever you want, and that just comes right to me and that allows me to pay for the expenses that I incurred during uh, recording the podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.